Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tiger Miley Report. As we are celebrating the last week of pretty much across the board right now, it's just Toledo's just left. And I'm Riley Castillo alongside me. I'll be solo this evening. So really a quick 20-minute show. And so if anybody who's, who's watching us live, first and foremost, thank you. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, where you're listening to podcasts. And, of course, you can find us on Tiger's ML Report. Dot com. So coming up, we'll be summing up the season for Lakeland of uh, the Flying Tigers. We'll also be talking about the Sun Erie today, what happened with Jackson Job and his man just being Jackson Job. So we can recap that and also talk about a little bit of Sawyer Gibson Long's start yesterday as the Tigers sweep the Angels for the first time in quite some time. What a series. And good evening to you, Tyler. And I also want to give a shout out to John for the hosting solo on Thursday. Again, life has been happening to all of us. And uh, I did hear from Chris, though. Chris is doing well. Chris is actually in Denver at a concert. He's at the Atmosphere concert, rapper. And he's at the Red Rocks in Colorado. And that's a beautiful venue. I've never been there. I always want to go there. And now I want to go there more than ever. So, uh, Stan, thank you for the $10. Much appreciated. Exquisite. Off the Frickers building. There's going to be the lack of charts this week is going to be a little bit limited, but at the fact that I was been again just as much as I want to go do the charts, same time we just we're really only going to focus on two levels. And yeah, I will say hi to I will say hi to Chris. So you'll be actually he will be back probably at the end of the month. Uh, to we're going to probably do an end of the minor league recap show. We're going to have Brandon Day from Bless You Boys, a couple other guests. We're going to have kind of like a minor league panel, if you will. So I'll definitely say about that. But yeah, Atmosphere is really good rapper. And Chris actually got me into him when we were traveling. So uh, speaking of that, by the way, I'll be out in Erie from Wednesday till Friday. Well, actually, more like Saturday, if the, if the game, the series will go three games with Richmond, which I think it will. And so the home finale for the Mudhens was today. And let's start with Toledo, who kind of had a, a, a rough week, but it got shut out today. Six to nothing just held the two hits as the Columbus Clippers put it to him again. It was a series where we also saw a lot of former friends. We saw Eric Haas in a Columbus uniform as he was optioned, and he's now on the – Clippers roster. So, uh, but as far as like p- pitching performances or anything like that, it was really, again, it's the hitting for Toledo that is the same thing with the same story where, for Lakeland. So, if we're looking at who had a good week, of course, Colt Keith had a home run in three straight games, batted 316. He finished for the uh, series six for 19 on the on week. So, he had a good week. Ryan Kreidler, the Definitely, again, three home runs in one game came out. And, oh, yes, Daniel Norris. That was the other one. I was trying to couldn't remember. The Cleveland Guardians, yes, it was. And, uh, yeah, Toledo does need pitching. I mean, every time I do these rec- recaps outside of Sawyer Gibson, I mean, we'll get to Montero, though. Montero did have, to be fair, Montero did have a good start. We'll get to him shortly. But as far as the rest of the offense goes, a good week for Justice Bigby, who had 474. He finished... Nine for 19, so he's adjusting the AAA well. So after kind of a rough start, Big B's coming in the form. He's playing a lot of first base because they, they, they've needed it, so that was good to see. And 
it was strange that Alvaro Gonzalez, who's been really on just kind of like a low A kick. I don't know what he was doing up there. It just, it just seemed like an org move, of course. Uh, Justin Henry Malloy did not have a good week, though. Batted just under 100. Two, two walks, 11 strikeouts. That was bad to see. Same thing. Nick Maton kind of fell down back to earth a little bit. But beyond that, it was really just a. Yeah. Uh, Sawyer Gibson Long will never. As Deadly Ninja B said in the chat, he will never set foot in Toledo ever again. So, oh, by the way, just before we go too further in the baseball, today, 39 years ago today, the Transformers was released. So. Thus, the Transformers Autobot hat. So, um, outside of baseball, I could talk about nerdy stuff all day, and Transformers is one of those topics. But we continue on baseball. So, but uh, same thing. Winston Perez also had a slow week, too. But it, it's, again, probably the homestand they have. I believe they have one series left. I look at the schedule real quick here. They they don't have Diaz. It, it, all the really intriguing players, yeah. So they they finish the season at St. Paul. So that series will start up on Tuesday, and all the games except for Sunday's game are all at seven thirty seven. Game starts. So that's the way Toledo will end. They will not go to the postseason. But you know, let's you know let's before we get into Toledo's pitching because there's we we can talk about a little bit of individual performances. Let's talk about what we saw yesterday with Sora Gibson Long, ladies and gentlemen. Sawyer Gibson Long, again, and I know it's it's two opponents, the White Sox and the Angels, and they don't really have much to play for. I understand that. Be that as it may, the Angels lead the league in home runs. And the White Sox, despite their the White Sox are still a major league team, they went in there. He went in there yesterday on the road. And the mean this is the reason why it's kind of important is because the Tigers have historically struggled in Anaheim. I, it's one of those things where I saw that there's a interesting. Let me show the the splits here that are it, they, they might blow your mind. They blew my mind, but so here's how the Tigers have fared, and hopefully everybody sees it's, not, it's a little small on my end. But this, so I'm at home. The Angels are just here's the thing about the Angels. Oh, this is Guardians. Oops. That's not what I wanted to do. That's well, that's I was wondering, like, why is it so off the ah? I'll figure that out. All right, here we go. That's what it was. I was wondering why I looked off. So, right, it breaks it down even further. It won't let me do it now all of a sudden. Um, oops. All right, we're, we'll figure this out in a minute. I'll, I'll we'll get back to that. But the splits in the last twenty years with going on the road against the, the Angels were ridiculous. I mean, it was something. It was when I saw it earlier today. All right, here we go. Now I pulled it up, and uh, to get a tra- I'll get that trade question here in a second. I just wanted to go over to just show how lopsided it's been against the Angels. In the 2010s, 25 and 9, the Angels were against the Tigers at home. 25 and 9. And then, yeah, look again, and here's another thing too. So it goes by, it breaks it down by years. So it took so it was until 2019. So 
2019 was the first time since that wasn't a tied series since 1994. Since 1994, that the Tigers had a winning record. So until this series. So anyway, yeah. But uh, let's get back into what Sorry Gibson Long did yesterday. It was one of those, it was, again, master class stuff we're, lo- we're looking at here. And 23 swings and misses. And he was efficient with his pitching. He was able to move in and out of the strike zone. And I wanted to show you the baseball savant because this, having visual aids does help. If you if you took any science classes in school, you would you don't understand that. Um, yeah, they it's... Again, some, the road record against the Angels. It was it was good to see a sweep. They really needed that, and it, it was good for morale. But Sergio Gibson Long yesterday, twenty three swings and misses. And let's let's go down. Let's just talk about uh, player breakdown here for a little bit. Look, look at this right here. This is the this is the right here. This is where I wanted to look at his changeup. Eighty three percent swings in terms of whiffs. And you know his call or call strikes and whiffs sixty percent on the changeup, sixty percent. That's ridiculous. That's just insane. But it shows the kind of movement he has, and he's able to use in the bottom of the zone. And I would show highlights, but of course YouTube would copyright strike us to death for that. But he was able to hit the top of the zone, get to the bottom of the zone as a slider and change up. Did a really good job against keeping the Angels off balance. Of course, the bullpen had to make it interesting, but before Miguel Cabrera came up clutch. And got a good hit in the right field corner, and that made the difference for the Tigers yesterday to win an extra inning. So it, it's unfortunate that Sorry Gibson Long did not get the win, but overall, it, it's again product of pitcher development. We'll talk about that too because I did write an article about Ty, Ty Madmull. I want to get into a little bit later, but um, there is to me the the progress we see with Sorry Gibson Sorry Gibson Long, Reese Olson, who again threw another almost threw another no hit he had a no hitter going through six the other night, I believe it was. And there was some there was a tweet about his last couple starts. And so it, it's good to see. And if you're gonna end this if you're gonna end the season knowing that at least you have three or four guys to consider for your rotation next year that are not not named Casey Mize or Matt Manning. That's a good thing to me. So uh, Tyler wants to know what Tigers pitcher majors and minors do you think would most likely be in a trade for a bat? I right now, I would probably have to venture. If Kyra Montero, by the way, we'll talk about Kyra Montero. Somebody like maybe like Kyra Montero, who could be using a bullpen. He's also maybe, maybe him. But I, I again, I think that. Uh, I think they're going to be creative when it comes to a bat, but I, I don't think maybe they don't have to sacrifice a pitcher for it. Maybe they'll sacrifice somebody else. Maybe they'll sacrifice somebody that they have to make a 40 man decision on. Um, it really depends on what teams are clamoring after. But right now it's really, I mean, if you're the Rockies, you're asking for anything, <laughs> what three of their top prospects out all around the same time to do the Tommy John surgery. What a joke. Anyway. Um, but as far as like, maybe I think maybe you probably maybe somebody like Kyder Montero would be an option. Spencer Turnbull is not going to be here, and I don't know what the, his situation is, but he's not going to offer you much. I'm sorry to say, just based off his stats in the minor leagues, if you can't get anybody out of your secondaries, it doesn't matter who you are. 
just because he threw no hitter or some of the, his past success. So, um, and then, yeah, beyond that, I'm just looking, I'm just kind of taking a quick look here. Maybe a bullpen piece, maybe someone like Brendan White, or maybe somebody that, because you also think about it too. You get to about Ty Man, you get to about Brent Hurdler. They will, they have some depth coming up, but it really, it really depends what the teams that we're asking for. I think Montero would make a lot of sense because you can use him out of the bullpen or you use him as a starter. Personally, I wouldn't want the Tigers to trade him, but if they were, I think, I mean, Manning, I, it, if it wasn't for the injuries, I would say so. It would be a slam dunk situation, but it depends on if a team's going to be patient with it. It really, it really does. And if a team is willing to take the risk, then by all means, then Manning would be a good trade candidate. But I just don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the broken foot in the same spot twice. It's yeah, but stranger things have happened. Yeah, I think after the yeah, World Series, I believe after the World Series, like a week or after, I think the week after the or no, no, it's actually sooner than that. It used to be a week, and now it's a pretty immediate when that happens. So. But uh, getting to pitching for the week-wise, yeah, Montero had a really good start. Six innings, two hits, one run, which was on a home run, and struck out nine. It was probably his best AAA start. Looking more comfortable out there. Uh, yeah, Sam and Saturday, Saturday night, as uh, Stan mentioned in the chat, five innings, two hits, and six strikeouts. Good way for him to finish the Saturday start. Um And then as far as the rest of the rest of the pitching performances down in triple a. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I don't know. I, I, I watched a little bit of Friday. I watched the Montero start. Other than that, I, there's, there's really nobody that stands out there um, as far as pitching goes. So, but as the end of season Toledo, the, the way they use Toledo this year, I think should worth be worth a discussion. And I think we'll get into that next week. We have our panel because I've never, it was no clear cut starter. I mean, when you look at when Reese Olsen was called up, you look at Sawyer Gibson Long there was called up and the results were completely different. This is why you don't judge a box score. They, they both didn't have overwhelming ERAs. They didn't really in, in that regard, but the stuff was there. And so that's probably a lesson we learned about AAA this year, a quick lesson really. So, but yeah, the as far as other arms that are down there that were uh, on rehab assignment, Andrew Vasquez just threw a pair of innings, but allowed three hits, one run on three hits. Um, unless you got or sorry, Olafian, four innings, three hits, one run, two walks, and five strikeouts for him. So that was pretty much about it as far as Toledo goes. Um. Yeah, there's. Let's, let's move on to Erie. I, so I wanted to queue up what we saw today as Jackson Joe makes his double A debut, and it was better than expected. I, I I don't know what else to say about it. At first, he also extended per Jason Beck, who pulled up a great stat: thirty innings without a walk. So this goes back to West Michigan, and. He's just going out there and shoving. And well, what's good about his outing today, and this is something to remember too. This is something that that gets it's important. If you can get people out with your fastball and get swing and misses on your fastball, 
in the zone with that kind of movement, then that's, that's going to play up well. And I remember in the beginning of the year, we were all kind of, we had our doubts because coming off injury, but he, I mean, he looks like the best pitching prospect out there. I mean, I'm talking in general and I'm not trying to be a homer about this, but if there's anybody else that stands out to you, that you've watched a lot of minor league baseball, please let me know. But Joe just went out there and it was a little, I, I think the umpire a little bit to me was not forgiving on the par- outside part of the plate, but he adjusted well and he was able to have a plan of attack and suck with it. But it was efficient. It was the outing was efficient. Um, he really didn't give up the the balls he hit were they gave up con- her contact, which were all like kind of screamers down right field, the right field corner. But beyond that, I think he limited well. They, er, the defense behind him today was uh, he had an errant throw on a pickoff move, and yeah, see that was there's there, there's the error there, and then Trey Cruz made a couple errors behind him. So right there, see that was, uh, to me, okay, you you can't tell me that wasn't a fastball, like or excuse me, that was not a strike. Um, let's go back to that for a second. That did a good job framing this too, Rodriguez. Uh, look at this. That I th- yeah, I think that's yeah. And Richard in our chat said, "Looks like Job instead of Lighter looks good right now." Yeah, and you know I haven't watched Lighter pitch much. I'll be honest with you. But I actually wouldn't mind doing a deep dive on him and seeing how they compare. But yeah, Job is, it was just, it was great to see. I mean, Richmond does have everything wrapped up, but this is a first start against a, a really good team. And they're going to see them again starting on Tuesday when the playoffs kick off in game one in Richmond before they come home on Thursday for game two, the best of three. And I think there's going to be three games. So we'll probably see eat probably see the Seawolves play on Friday and maybe who knows, maybe Erie comes in and, and sweeps them. And so, Oh, that, okay. See, I see. I'm just so focused on the Tigers. I honestly, Richard, I have to start paying attention to other systems a little bit better too, though, but thank you that he has been hurt. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, so here, here's really this whoop. Yeah, that was a, that was a, <laughs> not sure what happened there, but anyway, it happens. We're not all perfect. But uh, no, overall, Job did a really good job, and he was able to uh, escape any serious trouble. But the, the walks again, going to the walk ratio, the strikeout ratio is insane. And uh, yeah, we you could build off that, and this is this is good for Erie too coming into the coming into the series against Richmond. They got Wilmer Flores who pitched on Saturday night, and. He looked pretty good too, and we'll we'll, we'll get to hit Flores to start on Saturday. Here's a good question here by uh, Jim in our chat: Paul Skeens or Job? You can only take one. Who are you taking? <sighs> you know, I mean, <sighs> I'm gonna take Job. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Job. You know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I, I'm going to stick with Job. I saw Skeens pitch against Erie. He looked really good. Looked really good. He didn't look unfazed by being in double A already. But I'm going to take Job uh, just because what the Tigers may be able to do to maximize their pitching development. And that's why I don't, I'm not too familiar with the, I know the Pirates do a decent job, but I saw with Rosny Contreras uh, that there's kind of been progression or regression a little bit. But I've seen, again, it, it, I'm not trying. Okay. 
there's a difference between be, being objective and, of course, seeing things for what they are. But you saw what Sawyer Gibson Long, you saw Reese Olsen, Tiger's development, and they've been working with Job. You can clearly see it. This is a guy who's much more aggressive in the strike zone than he was last year. Last year, kind of nibbled a little bit, but this year he's pitching more in the zone. He's got more confidence with the fastball, and that changeup is sick. So that's what I'm taking. Anybody else in the chat want to contribute to that? By all means, let me know. That's a that's a good question there. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna keep with Joe while um anybody else? Well, actually let's just move on to the rest of what Erie did this week. As the offense has struggled a little bit since since they've lost Big B a little bit, but over they've been able to it's been pitching. It's really been a combination of good pitching and I would say normally good defense, but not it wasn't the case today, but they've been able to the, the stable, the, the stability of the rotation, I think is a big part of why Erie is been so successful this year. You're talking both Madden and Hurdler with over 25 starts this year. It wasn't for Flores getting hurt. You probably have that about the same amount too. And the, the additional Lyle Lockhart mid season with all the call-ups was a pleasant surprise. It worked out well. And I think you have to tip the cap to the see again the, the, the development staff here for tinkering with. I mean, they had Sawyer Gibson Long at one point, and look where he's at now. And at one the article I did today, I don't know if anybody caught it or not, but I did an article on Ty Madden, who has been pitching better as of late, and it was a, it was something I noticed that. And he was doing this earlier in the year where he was bringing his head over his shoulder, his arms over his head, similar to what Garrett Hill was doing when he was winding up. And so it was inconsistent. He wasn't doing it consistently. But this was the first start where pretty much in his last, or excuse me, bullpen appearance on Thursday, he was doing it consistently. And so I noticed it was something that I, I ended up asking Gabe Alvarez about it. And it's helped him maintain balance. Um, it's also... Uh, in terms of velocity. And as far as his walks go, uh, Tyler was asking about his walks over his last month, his K per nine is at 3.41. So he's cut it back a little bit from a 3.93 from before. It's where the strikeouts kind of jump up a little bit. So, and is from, so we're going back from August 10th till his last appearance against, against Richmond, which is six, six games worth with five starts. Um, his K per nine is 12.16 and he's got an ERA 2.43 and his people or the batters are only holding or batting only one 86 against them. Before that stretch from June to about August, he had a K per nine at 10.22 and batters were hitting 236 against him with the area 3.15. Now, it's it's small, but the velo- the reason why is it's something that I was and I got some data on it. His velocity has been higher in the last couple of starts, around ninety seven, ninety eight consistently, whereas before it was sitting around ninety four, ninety six, sometimes ninety five. So, if if there's something to be said about his the, the from what Gabe Elvarez has told me too as well, that the Sea Wolves were working on getting his arm angle straightened out because. It was he was coming up mid. Now it's coming a little higher, almost over the top, 
and that has allowed them to have greater control and more balance when he comes off the mound too. And that's something that I really didn't notice there at first until uh, until somebody else also on the Seawolves mentioned that. So props to Tigers pitching development again. And Madden has put himself up really, really well heading into the postseason. So the walks, you still want to see them a little bit down. And you want to see some more efficiency. I mean, we're going to be nitpicky here. Yes, you want you want the walks to go down, of course. And you want some, perhaps, his innings are becoming a little, you want, his innings were a little long before, but in, over his last four or five appearance starts, rather, he's been a lot more efficient. So the question is, what's his weakness? What, do, what does he have to do to get to the next level? Well, neutralize lefties. That's been a problem for him. Um, and I, that, that data right here over the last against lefties, they're hitting 264 against them. So I have to look at more in terms of how lefties is, have lefties done against them over the last month. And I'll do some more deep diving on that, but if you can get lefties out on a higher clip, then that'll work out well for them. That will be the, that'll get them to the major. So, but as far as rest of Erie goes for the week, Let's go into, let's start with the, we'll continue with the theme of pitching. And Wormer Flores, like I said, came back five innings with another kind of bulldog start. Five innings, six hits, two runs, seven strikeouts. And time man, like I mentioned, on the bullpen, Elvis Alvarado got the start on the um He was the one that started that game. Four innings, six strikeouts. Lyle Lockhart, another strong performance uh, out of the bullpen. He, Four innings, one hit, one run, and two walks and five strikeouts. And yeah, Michael Beeline also has been getting pitching pretty well as of late. Four innings, two hits, and just four strikeouts. And Brad Holler, I think they were trying to watch his innings a little bit too. Just pitched four innings, allowed three hits, but or excuse me, three strikeouts, no hits. And so that was good to see. Alvarado, who also came up from West Michigan with Eliezer Alfonso. And there's an interesting story about Alfonso too, by the way and why he got the nod over Josh Crouch. And that was because, according to Brian Pena, this was something I was talking, talking to somebody about this, that as far as receivers goes, Alfonso, in terms of frame rate, has one of the second-best frame rates of all high-A baseball, which was huge. So it was based off some of the data um, they had there, it's pretty cool to see. Uh, but, yeah, so... As far as hitting goes, and uh, as far as what the, they've been able to do, Alfonso had a good weekend. His first double A home run, I believe, on Saturday night. It was I think it was Saturday or Friday night. I can't remember. And he off, he got off to a good start in just uh, six at plate, had two hits and six at bats. Chase Young cooled off a little bit from last week. Bat, uh, went six for twenty one on the week. Jake Colton holding it down pretty well. He batted 412 the week. He went seven for 17. And interesting enough, Quincy DePorty, who was doing rehab in Lakeland, did not appear in the last game. So interesting enough, we'll see this week whether or not he will be part, will be joining with the Seawolves this week, or he had an injury setback. But he was set to join Erie for the postseason, but nothing has been announced as of yet. And so we'll keep you posted if we hear anything. And beyond that, yeah, that was in terms of like in terms of heat, heater uh, hitters. Um, it's been a kind of again quiet week 
bat wise. I'm not sure if anybody else, as far as bats go, stood out, but it's the pitching. And so we'll see how Richmond will stack up come Tuesday. So that game will start. Yeah. Playoffs will start on Tuesday for the sea wolves and the Lakeland flying tigers season came to a close and good job by the flying tigers. Honestly. I mean, it was, I think nobody really expected based off their pitching staff based off really just kind of all the calls to West Michigan. I, how would, how would they do? And they got a bunch of the 2023 draft picks, Mike, Max Clark, Kevin McGonagall, McGonagall. And yeah, they were able to have the best run differential in the second half of the season. And they made things interesting. They whooped on Clearwater game two. Although game one, let's be fair. Clearwater had a guy starting from rehab who I believe was a triple a player or something like that. So that's not really fair to be. We're going to be honest about that, but McGonagall, had a really, in terms of like just, he had a really good postseason. I mean, he, he had a really good, good series overall. I mean, in terms of good first appearance in Lakeland, bad 333 over the last two weeks, regular season 5 for 15, and he was probably one of the best, most consistent hitters on there. So that's a good sign to see, especially from coming from shortstop. So, yeah, the rally did fall short. I believe they – I think they had the bases loaded at two guys on in the ninth in game three. But, yeah, uh, a really, really good season by Lakeland. And the Flying Tigers look, in terms of some of their offensive players, look really well. Again, the pitching's where – this is where it's going to be the problem is that transition between low A and high A. Um, I think McGonagall for now is, I think he's going to be a shortstop for now. I, 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 again, just, I need to see more before I can make a decision, but based off what I heard, they said that he looks pretty good at shortstop or they could potentially see him at second too as well. But um, I would like to get some more data on that before I draw any more conclusions. But from what I, from my understanding, from what I've heard, he looks pretty good at the part for shortstop. So, but yeah, the flight congratulations to the flying tigers for making the postseason. And, and getting in there. So, and yeah, Max Clark has played much better. And yes. I know Langford just got called the triple a Frisco or triple a. Yeah. Triple a. It's, it's already happening. People are doing a comparison and you would think that somebody like myself who wanted admittedly wanted that, but I'm not going to do that because it's already over. Well, why, why are we going to sit there and uh, pretend that things happen or not? The big what if game. Would have Langford been called the Triple A Toledo right now? Who knows? Anyway, we're not going to do that right now. Max Clark did finish well, and it bodes well for the Tigers in the 2024. So, also, I forgot to mention this Carlos Pena and Wickhill Hernandez finished one and two in the Midwest League ERA. So, congratulations to Pena, who won the ERA title for the Midwest League. So, good to see you there. And there's going to be. When we do the the big mega show next week, we're gonna there's gonna be a lot of questions about who's staying, who's going, rule five stuff. So we'll get to all that next week. That's gonna be a bigger show. But honestly, this has been in terms of development this year. I'm working on an article on the state of the Tigers. I wanted to get the Madden out there first, but this is a kind of a, a multi layer argument. So 
I I think yeah, and, and Daily Ninja B said it best. And that and, and for as far as patience goes, the Clark pick shows Harris is even more patient than we thought. And he and it showed today, he even showed by the call-ups, the lack of not bringing Keith up and not bringing those kind of elements. Um, not, again, just to, it's even with the pitching. Well, look at Erie as an example. They kept that rotation together pretty much the entire year in Erie. Toledo, did Toledo suffer? Yes, it did suffer. But at the same time, as Harris mentioned to us, Toledo was guys that were going to be ready to go in the major leagues. A lot of it was roster fodder. I mean, Ashton, uh, thinking about about some of the pitchers that's come and go in the rotation this year, there was a lot of bullpen guys and a lot of guys that were trying to see what they had with. But at this point right now, you you could be you could take solace in the fact that I think I think there's going to be more emphasis on. Winner and loss record is going to matter, of course. I mean, West Michigan was within a game of having three teams in the postseason, and that's progress. You want to have success breeds that kind of good vibe or good vibes. So that's such a weird thing to say, but it's winning does breed good things to happen, whether it's just an attitude or an aura or whatever the case is. But if there's one thing that was very clear to me this year, it was the development of certain players. Well, there's a pitching so far. I think the hitting still has some ways to go. But, like, you want to see Malloy, for example. Everybody's talking about calling Malloy, but then I just said he's back down batting under 100. And I understand that he did, he does press the issue. But then again, the question is, if Harris says a few weeks ago that he wants to see him more in the outfield, but he's been playing him at third, it's kind of mixed messaging. So... I understand that, yes, you want Keith Malloy were brought up because of the castle bringing the 40-man stand standing here. You are correct, Stan. But I also don't think they were ready in a sense of that, okay, you're not cool, Keith, but they saw that it wasn't maybe defensively. Why was Malloy? Here's a question. If you're going to say Malloy needs more time in the outfield but put back at third, I don't know. That, there's some, I think there's still questions on whether or not they want to put him long-term at third or who's going to be there long-term at third. I mean, I look at a guy like Andrew Lipsius who got the call up. They're probably seeing what they have with him and Parker Meadows. And this offseason, some of these guys that are on the cusp or we're on the 40 man, like Winsfield Perez is another example. They might not be in Detroit anymore. And I say that because if they might have to. I mean, they have to make room. I mean, obviously now there's some guys in the bullpen that not well may may not may not be here next year. I have to slow down. It's, again, this is it's weird being by myself, but I'm I think I'm getting used to it. Hopefully, I'm getting the hang of it. The Tigers, as far as those kind of guys, those guys, the utility guys, the guys that can play multiple positions. There's teams out there who want that. And maybe they they maybe a team out there is coveting about a prospect the Tigers have, and could see something they could do with it, and maybe them set them into a position. We'll see, but I don't expect this kind of bottleneck of players like that to be all there at once. And I think they're going to have to make a decision. So we'll see what happens. But another thing I saw this year, another outside the pitching element, was guys like Justice Bigby. 
and Bigby and really kind of emerged as a, again, I'm not going to, let's not, let's stop the, I know the Kerry Carpenter comp comes up because they're both 19 round draft picks. I think Justin Bigby made his own way because I mean, yes, he, did he get some, some swing coach advice too? Of course. But that's another, that's another tip. Of, like that's the first real, I said, I know I just said a few minutes ago, it was more like pitching development was the thing that stood out. And yeah, we didn't see a lot of the hitting stuff, but in glimpses we did. We saw with Big B. Rosa Campos was injured that finished the season. So unfortunately, we did see we didn't see him in the outfield that much. Or excuse me, defensively, he's kind of a liability in the outfield. He wasn't there's times where his play out there. And then then you kind of see, and then you see some aggression with Isaac Pacheco where he struggled at the plate. But then guys like Dylan Dingler. I look at some of the advanced stats there. He's hitting right above average for exit velocity for AAA. And we know he can receive the ball well. He's a good catcher. The question is, can he avoid the outside part of the sliders outside and, and hit consistently? There's some some progress there. Wenzel Perez was a good example of progress in a sense because he moved out of the outfield. And Eddie's Leonard, which I've not brought up at all. Eddie's Leonard, Lennard, excuse me, Eddie's Leonard. I just got him for cash. This guy was on the Dodgers 40 man roster and he came up to triple a after hitting in double a Tulsa. And this week he, I forget about this. I mean, in terms of like, he came up, he had two, he hit 262 this week, but he's hit seven home runs in triple a. And a lot of them were just not cheap shots either. There were some bombs. And, now they have another guy who they can consider they can move off of. And then I think that what stop it said in chat makes a lot of sense. Maybe these players forced to call up. If they show they will play well, consistently competition breeds a certain kind of element. And so I think having Leonard, is he a long-term solution at shortstop? I, st- I think he's serviceable, but I don't really know what the Tigers are going to do there. So that's another example. You know, another thing I totally forgot about this. Lyle Lockhart. Another example of a scout noticing something. If you look at his numbers in Tulsa, they weren't good. And the Tigers figure out a way he's been much better and eerie. So Tyler Holton's another example of that. There's a couple of things where there's pitchers that are pitchers that, that are come here and have gotten better. I mean, you talked about how Michael Lorenz credited the Tigers for getting better. Well, I mean, but the, the, if you look at this five year, five or six years ago, this doesn't happen. You don't see players when they come here; it's either because they're good or bad. But you see them incrementally better. I mean, Ty Holden had—I looked today—he has a two point five WAR on the bullpen. That's how valuable he is. I know it's just a little bit above average, but I mean, did anybody expect that? No. I, if you were going to tell me, no one expected that out of Ty Holden. So there is a couple things that the Tigers can hang their hat on. In terms of development on the, on the prospect side of things, with West Michigan, Erie, and Toledo, and in Lakeland, so I think in it's another example of this. Troy Melton, Troy Melton has come out, and Troy Melton was getting attention from Baseball America. I had people ask me about him when Chris and I would go out and see him, and he his stock went up before he went down for an injury, and. 
that's another that's another positive there. You can look at guys like Carl, uh, Kyron Montero, same thing. Montero was taking steps towards the end of last year. I was talking to Trevor Ruth about this before. Excuse me, taking a Gittery break there. I was talking to Trevor Hoof about this late last year. And he's like, you know, kind of pay attention to Montero a little bit. And talking talking about Terrell this year and talking about, again, he also was told to change his grips. And he did. He got better. Before, when we, like I said, we, we, Chris and I talked about this numerous times in the podcast. Before, they were just told, hey, do your thing and go from there. Now they're getting specific instructions and they're there's they should take notice for it. So those are some of the takeaways I've gotten for the last couple of weeks here as the season comes to a close. And the Tiger Tiger fans, no matter how the Tiger season ends, there are some significant steps on the player development side of things. There's some huge, huge strides in that department. So I'm doing like, like I said, I'm taking league averages and, and looking at how minor league teams did and how's that and how that they fared as a whole. But yeah, Deadly Ninja B's Tigers pitching lab is no longer a secret. Well, I mean, teams are going to, I imagine the Rockies right now, imagine a, a prospect in the Rockies system right now. <laughs> You're just like, oh, man, what's my what's my plan here? Oh, I, I go out there. I don't know. Three. <laughs> Another thing too, I noticed they've been relatively healthy. I mean, Flores hurt his hamstring literally doing a drill, running a drill in the outfield. It wasn't anything drastic or anything. And at first, I know a lot of fans were wondering why the Tigers' prospects were only going four innings. But look, I mean, look at look at the end result of it. I, I mean, I, we're still not sure what's going on with Melton's injury, but the tire system has relatively stayed not too in terms of injuries. It's not as severe as other systems are. So that's another product. That's another product of the Tigers' development system there. So really, and heading into. Last stretch year for Toledo, which I mean, again, next week will be the final week. We'll, we'll, like I said, next week we'll probably like there, there'll be a four part article breaking down every team, and I'm starting working. I've started working on it a little bit, and we'll go over what the Tigers did above average, and we'll look more in the hitters too as well. So, but on that note, I think we covered everything. And so, if anybody's has, if anybody else has any questions for the evening. By watching us live on YouTube, first and foremost, thank you for tuning in. Let me know. And, um, yeah, next week will be a – hopefully Chris will be back on the show. And we'll have Brandon Day of uh, Bless You Boys, who's done the Farm Report religiously every day. So kudos to him. And we'll be talking to him about his thoughts on the farm system, what he's thought about the pitching lab. And I said, there's an article. Go to TigersAnimalReport.com. I did an article on Ty, Ty Madden. And noticing the the highlighting of his more his arm is coming up more at a higher angle versus before, and I think that's helped him really 
helped him with the uh, the velocity here. So uh, Big Baller says, really wish Lakeland could have pitched a little better and gotten a championship series. I'm with you too, Big Baller. And I think with Lakeland, it was what it was. They really didn't have too much of options when it came to pitching. Uh, Carlos Mercado, they had a couple of uh, really young guys, but it's really a um, a situation where I think this is where the Tigers, I think, going to have the weakness right now, or they're uh, – they're going to have to see what they get. Gene Ham pitched really good, but I think Loway Loway was a weakness all year. I mean, outside of Melton and a few others, it really bullpen arms. It was like Trevor Michael had no business being Lakeland, but he was just doing that to as West Michigan had was log jam. So um, Tyler Parker says, really curious who Harris brings in as the GM. I am too. I, I somebody talked about me bringing in, um, the Boston Red Sox GM um, Bloom was just let go. Although I don't know John Henry, I got some thoughts on the Red Sox owner. I really want to um, get into that right now. Um, Jim wants to know Corbin Carroll or Riley Green. Whoever can stay healthy on the field. So right now it'd be Corbin Carroll. <laughs> I mean, and don't, and oh, there was a lot of some comments too about well Riley Green should be diving. Okay. That you're telling him not to play his game should be more careful, absolutely. But uh, also can't put him in bubble wrap. But just don't do what the twins are doing. Hey, you know what? You're in a quarter zone shot, Brian Buxton. We'll keep it going. So yeah, Paul Wilson. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully Paul Wilson comes out. He was shut down because of an injury. So hopefully we can see him in Lakeland next year pretty quick, or maybe he starts in West Michigan. Who knows? But yeah, Jaden Ham looked really good. From what little I saw of him, that was a good. That was a good, a good pick there by the Tigers so far. So on that note, uh, yeah, please go to TigersMLReport.com and check out that timeline article. And also check out an article by Colin, uh, Five Pitchers to Watch Out For in 2024. And the State of the Farm Tigers, like I said, doing the, the Tiger four-part series, well, hopefully Wednesday or Thursday. But I'll be live out in Erie starting on Thursday for the playoffs. i out there a day early so I can just get settled in. And I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jim, for that kind comment. I really appreciate that. Yeah, this was solo. Has, I've been nervous about doing a solo show, like a true solo show. But um, again, with all you guys have been fantastic. It's been a great, great year for us. Um, I really, really am grateful for you guys. Really, thank you. Um, I don't get all three that wrote, but um, you guys have been you guys have been really fantastic, and I really. Appreciate you guys doing coming and checking us out every Sunday night and um, asking great questions and, and being such a great audience. So, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll be back Sunday with Chris and hopefully, fingers crossed, Chris. He does. He did say hi to everybody today. So I did talk to him. Um, yeah, the the view of Red Rocks was amazing. So we'll be back Sunday to wrap up the minor league season, wrap up the podcast. Hopefully, we'll do the tool series. I actually talked to him about that today, and hopefully, we'll get some of that done. Talk about it for a while, and yeah. So, oh yeah, and look, Scott, Scott Bentley. I actually am having lunch with Bentley Tuesday, so we're trying to um, further collaborate. Bentley and I talk each other three or four times a week, and I, I, Scott Bentley and I, it's like we're in, in sync about Lipsius. I mean, we've done. Bentley's been on the podcast between this and 
Tiger's SRD, or excuse me, we did Tiger when it was used to be Tiger's SRD and Woodward Sport and all the Arcanations. It's been on it six or seven times. Scott Bentley and I, like, he's been on every studio show we did at Woodward. Love the dude. So, um, yeah, John, yeah, I felt bad, but John's like, all right, I got it. John did the solo show Thursday, and I gave him a lot of props for that. He was able to handle it. So, John is, uh, yeah, he is, he is a vital part of what we do on the Motor City Metric side of things. And so, but, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back for that. Motor City Metrics probably will be doing a show maybe tomorrow or Thursday. We'll see. We'll have to talk to the Uper. Hopefully he's on the mend. And uh, on that note, thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon.